podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon, live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Tom Caker coming up about 1120-ish. Uh, more on the Hawkeyes. We'll do some wrestling. We had a request to talk to, yes. to mix in a little wrestling conversation. Now, I saw the squad get on the plane on you Twitter. Okay. But that's about as far that's as I can take That's all you got for us? <laughs> all right. Well, I'll carry that part of the conversation. You know uh, I love wrestling. I know you do, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you do, because obviously it's such an important state, or important sport, rather, to the state that we live in. Uh, Tom Kicker coming up in about 1120. Right now, Dylan Mont's Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com is where you can read Dylan. Uh, Iowa State, they'll bring the curtain down on the regular season. As they travel to beautiful Manhattan to, t- uh, to take on K State, who resides at the bottom of the standings, we'll get to basketball in a second. But Dylan, I saw you tweet earlier in the uh, earlier in the week. Not sure what day it was, uh, but Iowa State's pro day is set. I think, if memory serves, you said it's going to be on the twenty. 20- 24th of March, 24th of March, and uh, a number of guys will be participating. And I guess I want to uh, get um, you know a little bit in depth with you. We we know that uh, there was that only one got invited to the combine. And that was Steve Wirtle, the long snapper. But we do feel that there's going to be some guys with opportunities to you know to play at the next level. And I would guess the list is headed by Ray Lima, right? He is the most likely Cyclone, uh, or am I missing somebody? Yeah, he's probably the guy I would go to first as, as being the candidate to, to get drafted outside Steve Wartell. Um, I know people have talked about Julian Jones as a possibility, maybe Josh Knipfel. Sometimes the offensive linemen, depending on what different teams are looking for, um, the, the, the body size, the, you know, the, the positions they play all kind of factors in. They, so the offensive linemen will probably um, get a little bit of look. Um, maybe, maybe a Marcel Spears type, potentially. Um, but yeah, I think it all starts with, with Ray Lima, just how, how key he was in the middle of uh, that Iowa State defense the last couple of years. And it'll be interesting to see what people think of his size because he's, he's tall, but not, you know, as big as some of those guys that you maybe see in the league, uh, right now that play in the middle, but so physical and can take so much on that, uh, you think he could be of use to somebody. What about that group of offensive linemen, the departing four seniors moving on? I'm sure a couple of those guys, at the very least, would get free agent offers. Who do you think has a chance to stick around to to put together four, five, six year NFL career out of that group of offensive linemen? Yeah, I think it's probably between the couple of guys I mentioned, Julian Jones and Josh Knipple, and they both have kind of interesting stories. Obviously, Josh Knipple starting his career at Iowa Western, playing a year there, and then getting an opportunity to come to Iowa State right away and and start as a true sophomore. Um, not easy to do uh, in in the Big 12. You know, you see guys, um, you know, do it here and there. But, um, you know, so I'd, I'd say uh, his his uh, ability to play right away maybe aids him and, and shows teams something. And then Julian Jones playing uh, three different positions in his five years, uh, I think, uh, shows his versatility. He can um, play a little bit of center. He played right tackle. He played left tackle, obviously, as well. Um, so I, I think being able to shift to both sides of, of the line and, and play right in the middle of it 
can showcase that he could, um, you know, slot in pretty much wherever he needed him to. So I'd say both of those guys have decent cases to try to at least stick in a free agent camp if, if they don't wind up in the later rounds of the draft. But um, it, it's such a crapshoot to a certain extent. But yeah. I think there there are traits there that, that can lend them to having decent careers if they get with the right team. Uh, skill guys, uh, Dylan. Pro day going to be so uh, so important for, for a lot of them. I, I think maybe at the top of that list might be Deshante Jones because – if he can run, and I don't know what he runs, it got to be around you know four or five somewhere in there. But if he can, you know, improve to the low four fours, um, you know, he he's a guy that uh, I mean, four year career. He certainly I thought made an impact. And Lamichael Petway is a guy that you know size wise has a chance, but I just don't know if he's fast enough. That seemed to be the knock on him. So how about those two skill guys, Deshante Jones, and if he can run in the low four fours. You know, an opportunity that might be uh, afforded him and LaMichael Petway, uh, who seemingly the knock on him is, again, is um, not the fastest receiver available. Yeah, I think both of those guys will probably have to showcase some amount of speed. And with Deshante, I think him being a quarterback in high school and then some of the different things they asked him to do in the M position last year uh, in that slot kind of lend him to um, – to, to kind of showcase maybe what he can do in, in terms of absorbing absorbing um, information from a playbook and and uh, affecting a game and, and kind of changing on the fly and being kind of a gadget-type gadget, gadget type player. Um, the, the key is to kind of showcase his athleticism. So he's going to have to do that in the cones. He's going to have to do that in the 40, uh, some of the shuttle drills that they'll have. So that, that's going to be the big thing for him. And then LaMichael Pelway, I think, um, couldn't have done himself any more favors than he did last year in terms of his ability as a pass catcher and um, uh, a route runner and things like that. And in, in those one-on-one match, matchups he was able to have. But again, with him, uh, it was kind of the same thing that Alan Lazard dealt with a couple mm. years ago. And then Hakeem Butler, even a little bit last year uh, is, is the speed uh, because they want those guys to match up well with cornerbacks and, and really take them uh, off the line of scrimmage and be able to create separation. So, uh, if he can showcase a little bit of, of that ability, um, you know, I think he puts himself in a really good position. But we, like I've said, if, if not, um, there is a path to get there. It's just a little bit more uh, curvy than, than maybe it could be if he, he was able to show some of his speed. You know, I didn't realize this. Deshante Jones caught 76 passes last year. I didn't think, I mean, I knew he was a, a big part of that offense. I didn't think it was that big. My question, one more on Jones, and we'll, we'll get to basketball here. Um did he? Did they use him on special teams? I remember him. You know, as, as you know, as Iowa State kind of their history was this year. They they didn't return a lot of punts. They did a lot of fair catches this year. And I think Jones was used um, a couple of times, but I don't think that he was a pivotal part um, of the return game. Was he? Yeah, it was mainly Tariq Milton on punts, and I think earlier in his career, um, Jones was kind of cycled in there a little bit with Alan Lazard. Um, just as a way to get him on the field because they had a couple guys at his position, like a Trevor Ryan, um, you know, and some of the outside guys that they would maybe play a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I think if if nothing else, if he could translate to the league and be that type of guy, um, I I think his skills can suit him well there. But I don't – he didn't really get as as many reps in college at that position as as he maybe could have or would have wanted to to show teams that he can do that. But – um, you know, I think his receiving skills and his high volume under a catches can um, help maybe open some doors for him in, in terms of finding a role potentially on special teams at the next level. And then who knows, again, it kind of depends where you go, but maybe you can work yourself into a, 
a role as a receiver. Let's uh, jump into a little basketball as we're joined by Dylan Montz from the Ames Tribune. Dylan, regular season finale, K-State, and then, of course, a trip back uh, to the same area. They'll be in Kansas City, the Missouri side of things, so as uh, they go to the Big 12 tournament. couple of injuries. Michael Jacobson looks like he is going to be good to go. Also, Rashir Bolton. Uh, some questions about did he sustain he passed, a concussion? He passed concussion. Got past He's the cleared, protocol yep. there, but certainly banged up. Doesn't make any sense at all, even if these guys are closer on the fringe. Now let's just get them ready for Kansas City. Yeah, it's it's kind of a tough decision to weigh. I think, um, you know, they, they want to go down there and win the game, obviously, to kind of send them off the right way in the regular season and maybe have them feeling good uh, going into Kansas City. But you can't improve your seed um, no matter how this game goes. So it's, you know, it, it's a little bit of calculus. Maybe that Steve Prohm and company will have to do. But I would imagine um, – they, those, if those guys are able to go, that they would go just because of the, the nature of how they've kind of operated this year. And um, and it just gives the, the young guys that would replace them a little bit more reinforcement so they don't have to have quite as much on their plate. But, yeah, it's a tough timing, you know, obviously, just to have those kinds of things crop up a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would expect those guys to play. Dylan Mont, Ames Tribune is our guest. Dylan, uh, Michael Jacobson, I think it's about the Ironman streak, right? That's why he really wants to play tomorrow. He wants to keep that streak going. When you saw him get hurt and have to be helped off the floor, uh, didn't you think that, uh, boy, oh, boy, it seems like if this is the end, that's not how he wants uh, you want it to end, clearly. I mean, I'll go back and remember Austin Arnott. He was carried off the field, wasn't able to end his season. Uh, this I, I thought it was going to be that, that we were seeing history repeat itself with Michael Jacobson. I was floored he got back in. Yeah, especially for how quick it was relatively to what it looked like when it happened. I, You know, it he went down, and it, it looked terrible. It didn't look like he was, you know, that you could even walk on it right. really um, the, with the way things were going. But then for him to come back and, and gut through it, uh, you know, I think he, he's that type of kid. And again, I know Prentice Nixon kind of talked about it a little bit and Jacobson might've as well, but um, it's, it's kind of setting an example for the younger guys to when things have gone uh, totally sideways, like they have this year to, to be able to persevere through some of those things. And if you're able to, you can kind of gut through some of that stuff, even if it's, uh, not feeling great, you, you work through it and, and keep moving forward. And so I think uh, there was part of that behind it too a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he, it seemed like he was pretty fortunate um, given what it looked like initially. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune. Dylan, thank you. Uh, enjoy the weekend. We will talk to you next week. 24th of March is Pro Day. And then do we have an official day yet for uh, for spring football? Yeah, it actually um, it gets going that day, too. So Does that'll, it? That'll be a pretty full day. It'll be pro day in the morning, and then um, Matt Campbell has his first uh, gathering with the media later on that day. So that kind of is the official kickoff, and then it'll be position coaches and players uh, through the next few weeks after that. So it'll it'll really ramp up. Three weeks from Tuesday. Beautiful. Is there? A, are they going to have a game? Do you know what they're planning on doing? Is Is there going to be a spring game per se, do you know? Yeah, it doesn't sound like a spring game in the traditional sense of what it's been the however many years in the past with uh, people in Jack Trice Stadium. They they won't do that. It'll probably be a um, you know an in-house practice, and maybe the players' families will be there. But yeah, and not, nothing that I've heard that's going to be uh, open to the public, unfortunately, which I know is tough because uh, people want to get back and see them. But um, 
you know, maybe there will be opportunities down the road, but nothing right now. Good stuff. Thank you, Dylan. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. A uh, little Grinnell Mutual scoreboard update from oh. Girls State Basketball. Your finalists in Class 2A, the Osage Green Devilettes. Yes. Making their way in Osage. There will be not an undefeated team in high school basketball on the girls' side this year. Cascade was the last remaining undefeated team, and Osage takes them down 12-point lead with 25 seconds to go, 44-32. So you're calling that one? I'm calling it. I'm making the call here as Osage will move on to the title game for the first time since 1993, the second-to-last six-on-six championship the Green Devils won that one. First time back in the title game there. That's good stuff. All right, uh, the Grinnell Mutual uh, scoreboard update there presented by Trent. Tom Caker joins us next to do some Hawkeye wrestling, do some basketball, just a massive game. Six o'clock, Big Ten Network. Final college basketball game of the season, not tournament related. I'm Regular season sure. game, yes. Yeah. I mean, it worked out, did it not? For a double buy? Do we get the WCC championship game on Sunday night, or is that Monday night? Uh, In the past, it used to be. I don't know the, the answer calendar's to moved that. up. Mountain West is already going on. I mentioned we were talking with Dostra. I was watching Alford's boys lose. That was great. They were upset by an awful Wyoming team last night. Boy, if we could get that, how about we go from Iowa, Illinois into Gonzaga, BYU, playing for the WCC Championship Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday night? Mm-hmm. Sign me up. It's a good way to end the weekend. Uh, yeah, it looks as though that tournament goes into next week. So they got some days off probably built yes. in there. Because right now we've on on the schedule we've got uh, on Monday night you got Gonzaga at eight oh, okay. and at ten thirty got BYU opponent TBD so and that, that that tournament's played at the Orleans yes crazy so Thomas and Mack will have one um, I wonder if T-Mobile does does T-Mobile have the T the Pac twelve used to be at the MGM though oh okay but I'm wondering I think last year was at the boy Vegas is about to become a sports hub. Clearly yes. is. I mean, absolutely is. That new stadium, when they cut the ribbon on that, more bowl games. Will they get a Super Bowl? Yes. I think so, too. I absolutely. Mean, that's, that's kind of the rule, right? You build a new stadium, mm-hmm. there, you're going to get a Super Bowl eventually. They put one in Jacksonville. They put one in Minneapolis. They'll put one in Vegas. I'm assuming that you're correct. We will put Tom Cakert on the radio with us next. As we take you until noon, it's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.0 on Facebook. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Still to come, we'll give you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. Right now, I'm going to talk some Hawks, wrestling, and basketball. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com, joins the program. Uh, Tom, the, uh, you were part of Fran McCaffrey's teleconference. We'll get to that in a moment. The good news is, for folks that may have missed this a couple of minutes ago, Pemsel and Creener, according to Coach McCaffrey, are both going to play, but you and Trent are going to have a little wrestling conversation to start things. Uh, Tom, thanks for coming on. Here's Trent. Hey, Tom. Good to talk with you yeah. once again. And, of course, it is conference tournament time. The you know I was in really good shape here. Even if they go out there and guys don't wrestle well because of their RPI, because of where they are in the coaches' pool, feels like it would be short of an injury, a shock, that Iowa doesn't send all 10 wrestlers to the NCAAs. Do you see it that way? Yeah. When you look at, at the way it's been seeded uh, so far, 
uh, you know, everybody from Iowa is a top three seed, um, so they should be able to cruise in, in, in into the, the NCAA tournament. Now, that doesn't mean you just kind of cruise in. You want to get uh, you know as many titles or high finishes as you can here because then that impacts seeding at the NCAA tournament. So, uh, but you know Spencer Lee going for uh, I think this is his first. He hasn't won a Big Ten title. Oh, yeah. I think that's accurate. Uh, but he's won two NCAA, so um, he gets his first crack at, at you know crack at that. I, I think uh, obviously the then you go to sixty five and seventy four with you know Marinelli and Chem Dog is kind of the two uh, other guys that I, I think have real title shots. Um, you know some other guys might get hot. You know, Max Mearn or DeSanto, but they've got tougher weight classes. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be certainly an interesting run here for Iowa. They're going to come in as the prohibitive favorite, but Penn State continues to loom. And, you know, you go back to the dual meet. I, I think a lot of people thought it was just going to be a whitewash, that the Hawks are going to come out and dominate Penn State. That wasn't the case. It came down to the wire. And I have a sneaking suspicion when we get in a couple of weeks up to Minneapolis for the Nationals, it's going to be the same kind of thing. This isn't going to be just an easy roll through the NCAAs. If I was going to win the title this year, they're going to have to earn it again. Yeah, they are. And, you know, a lot of times the NCAA side of things comes down to bonus points. Yep. And it comes down to major decisions and tech falls and falls. And that's where I was going to have to, especially in those early rounds when you can get a lot more of those, look to pin, look to, look to get that, uh, the majors and the, and the tech falls as much as possible. Uh, so you got to be aggressive. And that leads to risky situations sometimes, or you can get caught. But you got to stay uh, super aggressive because that's that's been Penn State's thing is yes. they've had the long line of guys that just go out there and they're they have a lot of pinners, and that's you know you could have five strong weight classes where you guys got got guys that can pin guys, and and uh, that leads to more bonus points, and that gets you at the top of the podium. Uh, let's switch to basketball. Illinois, Iowa in a second time. I want to go back to earlier in the week and you know, just get your opinion. What is it about uh, this year's Boilermakers team that se- se- seemingly is the Hawks' kryptonite? Um, look, they, they, they beat them in West Lafayette and they, what was it, I think 10, 9 or 10, I think, uh, this past weekend. But Purdue seemingly took, uh, took control of that basketball game earlier. What is it about Purdue that just gives Iowa fits? You know, it- You'd like to maybe draw conclusions from from both games of you know like oh it was this or this. They were really two kind of different games in the first meeting. Purdue just shot Iowa out of the gym. Right, they couldn't miss. You know, they had eleven three eleven threes in the first half, nineteen in the game, and and you're just not going to win if you let that happen to you. Uh, this one, but I think maybe the constant was Purdue just dominated Iowa. They figured Iowa out on the, the offensive end and, you know, held them under 70. And you know, I jokingly have told people that, you know, Fran McCaffrey could probably get a team to score 70 with you know, guys off the street. He just seems to be able to uh, get good offense and get scoring. Uh, but they have figured Iowa out uh, defensively, and that's been the bugaboo uh, with Purdue so far against Iowa is they have just not let Iowa's offense get going at all. 
It's been interesting. Uh, just we, we've seen some of the issues that have cropped up with this team. You know, we talked about Joe Wieskamp, his struggles on the road. It's been struggles in a lot of different places here as of late. C.J. Frederick coming off the injury. He was passing up some open shots in the matchup against Purdue earlier this week. Got to get those two guys going. And need to tell those guys maybe a little bit, time to be selfish. I understand you want to get the great shot. You want to be a great teammate. But both those guys, they're both such good shooters you got any opening? You got to pull. It's a, a question that I asked Fran this morning on the teleconference. Mm. Was how do you get guys that are not? And I mentioned CJ and Joe, and I said, look, they're both not shot hunters. They're both guys that are smart basketball players that, that kind of move the ball. But how do you coach that into them without you know not just verbalize it? You can just say, hey, take take more shots. But to get them to take that mentality, and he's like, boy, they just, you know, they just, that's a good mentality to have is to not be a shot hunter. Uh, but um, because, you know, as he point, rightfully pointed out, if you start hunting shots and taking bad shots, you're going to be playing transition defense a lot, and they're going to be getting transition buckets. So you want them to just take open shots. And, and uh, I, I think you'll see that on Sunday as both guys will come out. And Wieskamp has played really well against Illinois in his career. I remember the Big Ten tournament game last year. Um, you know, he played really well against them. So I I kind of think Joe's going to um, play pretty well, and I, I think CJ will play pretty well. I, I just got a sneaking feeling Iowa's, you know, much like Purdue has Iowa's number, I, I was mentioning this to Trent before the show, um, Iowa's won five straight against Illinois. Mm. So um, they've had their number. That Illinois game earlier this year, Tom, I, well, I go back. I, I think the Maryland win at, at, at Carver was their best overall performance in the Big Ten. The Minnesota game, the comeback was remarkable. I'll give you that one. Uh, the Rutgers win was close. West, Wisconsin was good. But I thought of, of, all the, uh, of all the games we've seen so far this year, I think the Illinois game might have been the most entertaining. It was such a physical basketball game. It was... Um, it was it was a great watch. I hope we get the same. But in your mind, was if you could only pick one, what's the most memorable so far of the Big Ten games that have unfolded uh, prior to Sunday night? Well, maybe that uh, the Maryland game uh, early in, in the year, City where they just yep. kind of yeah, where they just kind of got them Friday and night. It was a, I remember it was a, yeah, and they just uh, it looked like Maryland was sleepwalking a little bit, and Iowa jumped them and, and got out and. And really played well. You know, one interesting thing about the the first Illinois game was Iowa did a really good job on probably Illinois' two best players. I think most people would agree that it's Ayo DeSumo and Kofi Coburn mm-hmm. are their two best players. DeSumo only had 11 points in that game. Uh, didn't take a lot of shots. Only had one rebound. And Coburn uh, had six points and six rebounds in that game. And, you know, Luca really took it to him, had 25 and 10. Um, so, you know, and then you've got the whole subplot of what happened at the end of the Illinois game and right, the know, coaches, the, yes. the, and the, uh, argument that yeah. ensued and Fran getting mad and Illinois assistants getting mad. So we've got that going too. We're getting very close, uh, with, uh, the upheaval about the coronavirus of what Fran McCaffrey wants. No handshake line after the games. We might be mm-hmm. heading there, uh, maybe as soon as this weekend. Yeah, we might just get elbow elbow uh, snaps yeah, right. or something. You know, well, uh, that's what we might be uh, headed towards. And uh, boy, it's, next couple of weeks are going to be interesting yeah, with I'll what's see. going on with the corona and and uh, 
uh, you know, the, the biggest sporting event in, mm-hmm. in college basketball every year uh, and uh, what how that's going to be addressed. No doubt. Uh, when you heard that Creener and Pemsel were both good to go on Sunday, we, we saw Creener get back in the game. Um, were you surprised that both of them have been, uh, you know, given the green light uh, 48 hours prior to tip time on Sunday? I wasn't surprised. I, I kind of thought both of them Did you? Uh, mm-hmm. were going to be good. Craner told me after the game, he's like, I'll be fine. I'll just live in the training room. He had kind of banged knees with uh, with harms, is what he said, and uh, kind of hyperextended his knee a little bit, And uh, but he said he'd, he'd be fine. And and uh, uh, with Cordell, it's he's gotten hit on the leg like three or four straight games in the exact same spot, and it just kind of just gets inflamed a little bit and got hit right away in this game and and uh couldn't go so um you know the he'll but he'll be ready i'm sure they'll just put some extra padding or something in his uh you know in his shorts or whatever and just uh, <laughs> deal with it that way oh man uh it, it's been a fun fun season oh, to watch sure I, I know the I know how fans can get a little frustrated. I, I made the mistake going back and forth with a few of them after the Purdue game. You look at this squad big picture and going back to the beginning of the season, even before the season, you lose Tyler Cook, you lose Isaiah Moss, you you know Jordan Bohannon, if he's going to play this year, it's going to be limited, and on and on and on. To have this team in the position that they are, with a win, they're a double by team, a top-four team in the Big Ten. Make a run in the Big Ten tournament, a top four team in the NCAA tournament. Mm. This is completely out of nowhere. And Fran McCaffrey has done this in a bunch of different ways with a bunch of different kind of teams. Man, I, I've said it before, but I think it bears repeating, Tom. Iowa fans, embrace this guy. He's a really good basketball coach. Yeah, and just, you know, um, I look at this season and the way it's played out as it's like you're kind of playing with house money with this Iowa team because – you know, when Nunji goes down and you know Bohannon's only going to play 10 games, um, and you got smoked by DePaul. Yes. And, <laughs> and you're, I think if you'd asked an Iowa fan after the DePaul game, they would have told you there's no way in God's green earth that this team is going to be, uh, uh, an NCAA team. Just no way. And, and yet they just, I think that game kind of turned things around for them a little bit and just, got them toughened up a little bit more and they've adopted the Luca Garza mentality. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's just, uh, you know, Fran's done a terrific job. Just enjoy this season. It might not end up the way you want it to. And, and, you know, we'll see the draw is always the, the big thing in the NCAA tournament. You know, I coming into the year, I thought uh, at best they could be a bubble team in the NCAA. That, that was if everything kind of went well, mm-hmm. knowing that Bohannon was probably not going to play, the whole year and and they've exceeded that expectation they don't have to sweat selection sunday they don't they're they're in and um and that's a that's a real credit to the guys on the team and to the coaching staff and to fran for getting these guys to perform at the level they have no no question about it who's the most surprising team in the big 10 wisconsin I think so. I think Dan Dockich is right, and that's not something I say a lot. But um, Greg Gard Greg Gard is the coach of the year. Yeah, the I'm with you. I, that, they were they were left six for and dead six in the league. Yep. At one point, six and six, mm-hmm. and now if they beat Indiana, they're the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament that's crazy. in the best conference in the country. Yep. I mean, it's pretty remarkable, and they lost 
you know, their their starting point guard Kobe King in the middle the of the year, right. a controversial situation that right. could have thrown a lot of teams off track and and sunk them. And instead, it's just galvanized them, and they've kind of changed their style of play. Now they're, I won't say run and gun, but they're <laughs> they're shooting the threes and they're just getting out and moving a lot. And they've had you know guys like Aleem Ford and Brevin Pritzel playing well and. Um, it's just been an uh, interesting team to watch. Now we'll see if they can sustain it, but they're playing really good basketball. Speaking of playing really well, the Iowa baseball team, we finish up, start with wrestling, end with a little baseball here as we move away from basketball and football side of things. They go up to Minneapolis, win two out of three games against ACC teams, two teams ranked in the top 20. Impressive uh, performance there, the win earlier this season against Arizona this Iowa baseball team certainly putting themselves in consideration to give us something extra to talk about this spring. And as Ken and I know, that's a good thing when we get to spring around the state of Iowa. <laughs> yeah, and I always say Rick Heller will figure out a way to get 30. Yes. And he he does every year. He figures out a way to get 30 wins. And, uh, you know, they're just they, – what helps them, I think, a great deal is they've got a good one, too, in the starting rotation and, and uh, Dreyer and, and uh, uh, Grant Judkins. And, and when you can run those guys out on Fridays and Saturdays, that really helps you to get off to a good start. And, you know, they've done it, and the bullpen has blown yes. a couple games. Yeah. And that was uh, Rick, before the season, thought that that was going to be a, uh, a real strength of the team, and they haven't really figured that out yet. But he'll get that sorted out and get Grant Leonard going in the right direction and, and if they can solidify that pen, then I, I, you know I think this team's got a chance to be pretty good as long as that middle of the lineup uh, kind of holds up. But so far, they've uh, the young guys have played pretty well. Tom Kaker at HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, thank you. Okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Tom Kaker joining us as we take a look at Iowa. Hawkeyes RPI in baseball. What is it? Eighth in the country. Is it really? Eighth. Way too early to... Sure. It's a scheduled metric. They're going to play mm-hmm. 52 games. They have played 10 of them right now. And the schedule won't be as difficult because the Big Ten isn't as good as the ACC and the Pac-10 and schools that they've been playing to this point here. But at least a good start. And like I said to Tom, I like when the Iowa baseball team's good. We're not going to be breaking things down on a two, three time a week basis. No. But <laughs> they're playing well. Yeah, we'll... Give it a cursory Mix glance. them in. Big Ten tournament comes around. We'll talk Ooh. about that over in Omaha. And, of course, if they make the NCAAs, as they have a couple of different times, good story when we get to spring. No doubt. We will take a timeout. When we come back, we are going to give four of our listeners an opportunity to win some barbecue from Claxons, a $35 gift certificate to whoever gets the most of these games right. 25 to the runner-up. The certificate is good from Sunday through Thursday. Any week for any day from Sunday through Thursday. 2845966 if you're getting a ring that means you're in 2845966 Claxon's giveaway next Miller and Condon 1460 KXNO 106 Claxon's Barbecue, 3131 8th Street, Southwest in Altoona, uh, presents this portion of the program each and every week. We give four of our listeners an opportunity to win a gift certificate. 
Uh, well, two gift certificates. Whoever gets the most right will get a $35 gift certificate. The runner-up gets $25. We're going to give you four games and a tricky, tricky tiebreaker, Commissioner Condon. Got to be very good, as last week our uh, first and second place contestants both went 4-0. and Did they? Came down to the tiebreaker. Kevin Lang, though, walked away with first place as he was closest to our total. This one, going to be a tricky one. I, I like what we came up with yes. here. You mentioned... A.J. Green. We'll have people think about A.J. Green as uh, the tiebreaker. But before, we'll get to the games, and we got Ronnie kicking it off. Indeed. Ronnie, welcome to the program, Ronnie. How are you? Pretty good. Good, good, good. You and I, they tip off in 15 minutes. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over Drake. I'll take you and I. Creighton's a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Seton Hall. Creighton. Kansas State, a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Iowa State. Iowa State. And Illinois is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite over the Hawks. Hawkeyes. Here's the tiebreaker, Ronnie. Think about this one. A.J. Green, total points this weekend. Do they lose today? Do they lose Saturday? Does he play in three games and get to the championship? Total points. Might play three games. Might only play one. Tricky tiebreaker. Ronnie, how many for A.J. Green, the Valley Player of the Year? 44. 44, Ronnie. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Tyler is next with Miller and Condon. Hi, Tyler. Hi. You and I is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over the Bulldogs. I'll go with Drake. Creighton, three-and-a-half over Seton Hall. Um, is that at Creighton? It is. Uh, I'll go with Creighton. Okay. Kansas State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Iowa State. Kansas State. Illinois gives two and a half to Iowa. Illinois. A.J. Green's total points this weekend, closest without going over. 52. Tyler, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. David is next. David, welcome to the show. How's things? All good here, sir. Good, good stuff. Uh, you and I, eight and a half point favorite over Drake. I will pick you and I. Uh, Creighton is a three and a half point favorite over Seton Hall. Seton Hall. K State two and a half over Iowa State. K State. Iowa gets two and a half from Illinois. Illinois. AJ Green's total points this weekend, David. Without going over. Closest without going over. Okay, I'll say sixty-one. David, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. And Tom brings Claxons to a close for another weekend. Hi, Tom. Hi. Uh, you and I is an eight and a half point favorite over Drake. You and I. Creighton, three and a half over Seton Hall in a top 25 tilt. I'm going to go Seton Hall. He's taking Seton Hall. Iowa State gets two and a half points from K State tomorrow. I'd like to say Iowa State, but no. Okay. Kansas State. Taking the Cats. Illinois is a two and a half point favorite over Iowa. Fox. And tiebreaker, A.J. Green's points, closest without going over. Oh, man. I don't know if they'll win the whole thing this time. Okay. Uh, I'll go 56. 56. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, and you have a good weekend. Appreciate Claxons for allowing Trent and I to do that on a weekly basis. Now, what would you have done? Well, let's see. Uh, per game, I'm on Drake today. I got him at nine and a half, though. You did. That was the opening line. From you don't think they'll win outright? 
No. No. But I think they're going to play a lot better on Saturday. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be more like the first game we saw between these two. Which could have gone either way at the McLeod Absolutely. Center. Absolutely. They were held to a season low 43 by you and I last Saturday. Not going to happen again. Don't think this so This is going to be a good one coming yep. up here in a few, so I'm going to grab the points there. You? I'm with you. you uh, I think I think it's t- well, certainly nine and a half. I think Seton Hall is going to bounce back and play really well. Create that game's going to be great tomorrow. Uh, it's one thirty. You said Big Fox. Yes. I am really looking forward to that game. Um, I think K State. I grabbed the points with Seton Hall. I think three would and a half. You? Yeah, K State, Iowa State. Which way do you go there? I, I'd go K State just because it's the final it, game. It's, yeah. I'm with you. I mean, Iowa State. They're Iowa playing State for the what color the uniform they're going right. to wear. Yeah. That's it. And K State doesn't play for anything either, but no, they're last locked one game into for the, the seniors. They're the locked in the ten. That's just it. Yeah, I, I go K State, and Iowa State's been so bad on the road. All right, how about the <laughs> Sunday night six o'clock Big Ten Network? If Iowa would have beat Purdue, as most people anticipated this mm-hmm. week, I don't think Iowa had a shot against Illinois. Mm-hmm. But because of the way they played, the way this Iowa team has responded, there's at least hope. Still, I'm going to grab Illinois. I'm going to lay the Are points. Are you? Yes. We'll see you in the sixth seed. Oh, speaking of that, the generator that we talked about at the top of the show. Yes. I got a scenario for you. Okay. This weekend, it's not crazy by any means. All right. Wisconsin beats Indiana. I think it happens. They win, they win, the, uh, they win the league, right? Penn State beats Northwestern. Purdue over Rutgers. Illinois beats Iowa. Maryland over Michigan. Minnesota over Nebraska. And here's the other, the weird one. The Ohio kicker. State Wins at Michigan State. But that happens. Okay. Ohio State's playing well. You hit the generator. Iowa is the seven seed. Jeez. Who do they play in the first round? Not Purdue. The Purdue Boilermakers. Oh the number 10 seed. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Can they beat them three? T- well, we, we, you know what? We're not going to see that game. Hawks win. Whoa. Hawks win. Wieskamp goes off. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Optimism here on a this, Friday. This ledge that you're going on. Absolutely. I think the kid gets it going. I really, they need him. Yes, big they do. Time. Big time, big time, big time. Um, Illinois had a tough game last night. They, they did. did. Quick I mean, turnaround. While well, the game's Sunday as opposed to Saturday, which is better, but uh, Ohio State, that was a physical game. Mm-hmm. Bashan is really coming off the bench. Boy, he's had a down year. I thought, I thought he was an NBA player. I did, too. He's a coming back next year player. No doubt. No question about it. I think the Hawks get him. They haven't lost two in a row since when? Didn't they lose two in a row early and then they beat Maryland? Weren't they coming off a two-game losing streak? They did. The Penn State and then that Nebraska loss. Yeah, the Penn State on uh, uh, in Philadelphia, right? right. Yep. Um, yes, and then the Nebraska... The debacle uh, the, in yeah, Nebraska, Lincoln, which was crazy. So I'm going to take Iowa. I'm going to. Uh, they're going to play their first game in the Big Ten tournament one week from today. One week from today. All right. You're going to put your money where your mouth is. Get that first sports bet out I mean, there. You've seen me all morning. I've got a great big old glass of black and gold Kool Aid right beside me. Here, Look at you, Mister Hawkeye over there. That's right. I I'm normally labeled that one, but now you got it. <laughs> Happen out of that one. And I'll be wear weekend. it this weekend because I can't wait for Saturday, for Sunday night. I really can't. So if we get MVC championship game, more than likely with you and I, mm-hmm. one o'clock. Yep. You got six o'clock. You got no. The there's Hawks. a there's a other Big Ten games in the afternoon. In, well, that Ohio State Michigan State game oh, you mentioned. Yes. This is a great weekend. Oh, it is. It's, it's Automatic bids going to be starting to ha- be handed right. out. What a time. Yeah, indeed. So speaking of which, you'll have some time to watch some games tomorrow because your championship game is tonight. Six o'clock. Six o'clock will take the air right after the Sports Fanatics as bring you the call. Johnston Waukee in the title game has a chance to be outstanding. Waukee, the number one seed, but one of their two losses came at the hands of the Dragons. Mm. Johnston is one. 
four consecutive in this series. A lot of intrigue. Six o'clock tonight for the 5A title. You'll be able to hear it right here. Murph and Annie at two. You can hear them. The Fanatics at four. High school basketball is six Monday. Morning rush starts it at 6 a.m. Trent and I, 10 to noon. On 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM.